I will say that all of us have our own unique stories. Uh, we can take neither blame or credit for most of it, <laughs> our backgrounds. Uh, but I'm very thankful for my uh, great-grandfather, who was a Muslim convert to Christianity, my grandfather, who was a Hindu yogi <laughs> from my mother's side. Uh, and so I was uh, privileged and blessed uh, to be born into a Christian family. Uh, went to British school somewhere between Oliver Twist and Chariots of Fire. And, uh, and then uh, I grew up, I was number four out of six siblings. And uh, my two brothers uh, at that time, at that time in history or that point in time, uh, every fourth person in the world was Chinese. And so my two brothers tried to convince me that I was actually Chinese. Uh, when I shared that at the Chinese church, you can imagine how loudly they laughed. <laughs> so, uh, but it's a, I came as an international student and uh, was blessed to receive love, friendship, fellowship uh, from a lot of Christian believers and encouraged in the faith and uh, never realizing that someday uh, we might have the privilege of ministering to international students uh, by the hundreds and thousands. So for that, we are deeply grateful uh, to the Lord. Uh, recently, because of the world changes that are going on rapidly, I've realized that times are getting worse <laughs> in many ways, uh, and I'm getting older, and uh, the coming of the Lord is drawing nearer <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And uh, so I came up with a verse, uh, a scripture that I came across and, uh, as a, and made a commitment to the Lord. And it's found, I believe it will be on the screen, it's, it's found in uh, Acts 20 and 24. It says, and maybe if it's, all, yeah, there we go. Uh, let's all read it together. It said, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned by Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the glory of God. Romans 11 confirms that we're all on assignment. It says we came from God, we're sustained by Him, we're intended for His glory. Now you can choose to refuse your assignment, that's a separate subject. <laughs> or, or go AWOL, but we're all on assignment. And uh, this missions conference emphasizes that because it's, the theme is keeping the main thing the main thing. Uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And to me, this speaks of proactivity. It assumes that we go to a friend, to a neighbor, to anybody that needs the Lord. It speaks of process, the fact that we disciple people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it speaks of parameters. And what are the parameters? It's actually all nations, all nations, because it is clear uh, that it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We work with international students, and we exist really to reach out, as you know, to international students. And... Uh, and today I just want to share a little bit about the joy of sharing good news. Now there's a lot of bad news everywhere. A recent survey of depressed people showed that the more news people watched, the more depressed they got. I'll let you draw your own conclusions to that if you watch the news. There's a lot of bad news everywhere. And I'm not here to share any bad news uh, today, but simply to say that God is at work 
everywhere. God is at work everywhere. Now, there are people who are still very invigorated, excited, and passionate about what they believe. I went to church a few weeks ago, and I had been out of town, and it's the same church I go to. It's close to a home, and uh, sat down in a different section of the church. And an elderly, sweet couple came up to me and said, are you new here? You know? uh, and uh, and uh, then I said, no, actually, you know, I've come off and on here for about 14, 15 years. I said, oh, you sat in our section today, you know, and that's wonderful. Uh, and uh, I said, uh, is it okay? Uh, <laughs> I thought I may have to give a second offering, pay for the pew. But, uh, uh, you know, so people are excited about a lot of different things. Uh, I was in an airplane uh, about two months ago, and a gentleman sat by me and he wanted to make conversation, and I was really tired and thought I'd take a nap. But uh, finally, I noticed he was reading a book on smart concrete. Okay. Book didn't look really entertaining to me, <laughs> you know, smart concrete. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I had to say something. I said, wow, you must be a really smart guy to, you know, to read a book on smart concrete. And then he took off from there and uh, uh, shared a lot. And he, said he, he was so convinced that I was a potential customer that he actually gave me his business card. One inch by two inch by half inch thick concrete slab. <laughs> I don't carry it in my bag when I travel in case I'm charged for overweight. You know, it's heavy. But he was excited about that. And I was going to the TSA a year or so ago, and uh, I went through the TSA pre-check, fast line, uh, and after I went through, the TSA officer said, Sir, I'm thinking, what is going on here? <laughs> you know, uh, they have nothing, don't have nothing to do, or what? <laughs> uh, and he said, well, uh, are you from India? I said, yes, uh, any objections? <laughs> He said, no, I just want to practice my Hindi with you. You know, hello, thank you. You know, it's a major language in India. So uh, we talked for a couple of minutes. And then a few months later, uh, same thing. He pulled me over a second time. He said, today I want to talk about Bollywood dancing. You know. Now I share that with you just so you know how your tax dollars are working. <laughs> but people are excited about all kinds of things uh, these days. And today I want to share with you uh, three scriptures. Uh, declaration number one in Matthew twenty-four fourteen says, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached through the whole world and all nations, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. It's very clear here what the theme is. The theme is good news. We're supposed to share good news. We don't have any bad news to share. Let the world, let everyone else share the bad news. We share good news. And clear, second, that there's a task. We are to preach in whatever way we can, by our life, by our lips, by our labor, we're to preach. And third, the verse talks to me about a timeline. The fact that we do not have forever to get the job done. Okay, we all have a certain lifespan, and as history marches on, we get closer to the return of Christ. So we really don't have, you know, forever to get the job done. The second declaration is in Matthew five, thirteen through sixteen. It says, "You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt 
If it has lost its flavor, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We see here three spheres of light. It starts with you. You are the light. I'm the light. Second, it says the light of the house in your household. And third, it says light to the city, to the rest of the world. Pretty progressive, isn't it? Very simple scripture. But it, it starts with you and me. If we are filled with the light of the Lord, uh, we will pass it on to our household, our family and then to the rest of the world. And that's why daily our hearts need to be flooded with the light of the Word and the Spirit, so that we can pass it on to our loved ones, our relatives, our friends, and to the rest of the world. Third declaration is found in Daniel 12, verses 3 and 4. It says, Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret, seal up the book, book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. Now this is an amazing picture of globalization. It talks about travel and information, and you probably know that uh, there are series on the internet about the increase in knowledge. Did you know 2.0? And I think they've come out with several beyond that. And the doubling of knowledge now. Every two to three years, knowledge doubles. And by the year 2020, it will double every 72 hours. So when I send somebody a message about some new information, I may not look that smart anymore because they have same access to it. And so knowledge continues to double in our generation. Travel. Uh, December 2013, I believe, was the first time on the 14th of the month that one billion people traveled as passengers on airplanes. Never before in history has it happened that way. And what it tells us is at a time such as this, Daniel says, when there's a lot of movement you know, and travel and information is exploding, knowledge continues to increase, Daniel says, at a time such as this, if you lead people to righteousness, you will shine one day as the stars. Now, I want us to consider today again, what motivates us to share good news and how do we do it? And I believe what I'm sharing today applies to us all. What really is important as we share the good news and at least three things come to my mind as I'm giving a thought in prayer recently. Three of the non-negotiables about sharing good news. First, people need to be served. People need to be served. It says Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Okay? And another verse says he went about doing good. Doing good. He wasn't preaching at people all the time. He was doing Good. So he was obviously serving people, whether it was praying for the sick, whether it was feeding the hungry, or just hanging out with his disciples. He was constantly serving, serving, serving people. 
And that's what we do with international students. We serve them. And our tests show about six to ten weeks. If you do not say a single word about Jesus, they will ask you why you do this. A perfect opportunity where the customer demands the product and you share Jesus with them. As you serve people, they become very open to the power behind that service, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Of Muslim students that come to the U.S., 80% never get into an American home. And what they really do not want, steak and lobster. (laughs) They just want to meet Americans. (laughs) They want to visit people in the U.S. They want to enjoy the American holidays. They want to learn more, most of them, about how people live in the U.S. 90% are never invited to church. But two Easter's ago, 14 Muslim students in New York City came to church on Easter Sunday. They said, we want to go to church because we have seen how you serve us as Christians. Pick us up from the airport, you feed us meals, you take us to trips on trips, you take us to Walmart, you help us open bank accounts, you pray for grandma when she's sick at home, far away. Thank you. Thank you. We want to check out this Jesus because we see him in action. That's essentially what they were saying. A Chinese student was invited into an M28 Bible study, and he decided to hold a Bible study one of the weeks in his own apartment. And, and during the Bible study, his parents came on Skype from China. And so he said, oh, excuse me, he said, I need to interrupt the Bible study. You know, I've got to talk to my parents because they're in a different time zone. And the group said, oh, no problem, you know. And they came on and said, you know, your grandfather is seriously ill. And I just, we just wanted you to know that. Well, and the group, which is a mixed group, they didn't all, always have Christians in these groups. Uh, you know, there's Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, atheists, all attend the same group, Bible study. You know. The group said, wow, uh, can we pray for his grandfather? And the group facility said, sure, you know, we can pray for his grandfather. Sure. And they prayed for his grandfather right there on Skype in the middle of the Bible study. Guess what? Next week, when he reported back, he said, you're not going to believe my grandfather is totally restored. (laughs) He's back home, and I want to thank you and this Jesus (laughs) for an answer to prayer. Service. We serve people uh, and their needs. Recently, one of our staff was asked to participate in a female Muslim student gathering. Somehow the university was asked to find somebody who's American, but who is not going to be critical of their theological views or about their society, but who could in some way serve them. So we were selected. So our staff went to the Muslim female group, and uh, they said, oh, well, we want to learn English, we want to learn about the culture, we want to learn how women live in the U.S., and so on. And they said, oh, we're very happy to help you any way we can. And uh, uh, they were invited back a second time. And our staff reported back, they said, we could not believe how thankful, how thankful they were. But the biggest shock, they said, we wish we could have captured 
the expression on the faces of the female students when we looked at them and said, you know, we Christians love all people, including Muslims. So they were absolutely shocked. (laughs) They could not believe it. (laughs) Recently, the university said, you know, if we can befriend female Muslim students who eventually, by the way, they end up in groups of Bible studies and all of that. That happens in time. They said, we want to make this a model in this particular university that we can then replicate in other universities around the U.S. for female Muslim students. What an opportunity through service to come to the point of open hearts Toward the Lord who has asked us to serve him. The Lord provides all kinds of opportunities to serve him by blessing others as we serve them. Churches like yours grow and bless people because you serve people. I was in a church in the Silicon Valley. It's the fastest growing Chinese church in the U.S. and I was speaking at the missions conference and we talked about a lot of different things and they had bought a 7-Up factory But it was a huge plant, and half of it was used for the church, and half of it was empty. So I was curious. I said, you know, what's in the second half of the plant? So is it empty? He said, not really. So we walked into that section. It was, you know, cement floors, pretty cold, austere-looking place. But it was filled with clothes and food. And they said, well, every day. During the week, we give away food, and we give away clothing, and other needs that people have are addressed right here in the second half of this church building. I said, wow. So responsive and recognizing of this kind of service was the community that when a channel came available on the, in the Bay Area, they happily leased a 24-hour channel to the Chinese church, which now has 24 hours of Christian programming for 500,000 Chinese in the Bay Area. When you serve, God opens doors. And all of us are called to serve. Large church in Colorado went through tough times in Colorado Springs for a while, and they came out of it, thank the Lord, and, uh, and they had their financial challenges as well. But the Lord led them to buy an old building which they were going to use for single mothers. You know what? The congregation rose to their feet and took care of the entire purchase. They paid cash for it. And when I was in, the, in their church visiting, they said 1,000 women have had their medical needs met in the last year. Open doors as the community comes in when we serve them in Jesus' name. What motivates us to share the good news? What really is important? Along with service, it's the whole issue of salvation. There is salvation in none other. We certainly realize that over and over again as we minister to international students. It's only in Jesus. One of our teams in Wichita 
Kansas realized that they were not getting the responses in terms of salvations that they would like to have had because there were a lot of students there. And so they decided to spend six months in prayer every day. Six months, straight months. And finally, the Lord came through for them. Because since then, for a period of two to three years now, every week they have led at least one student to Christ. And most of them have been baptized as well. And being discipled. A professor's wife in Mumbai, India, came and took the M28 course. And she said, I'm only taking this because uh, there's so many lost people in my country. And so she came to Hong Kong, she took the course, she went back home, and she didn't know where to begin. And so she just prayed. She lived on a university campus with her husband, who was a professor, and one day there was a knock on the door. And the lady at the door says, you know, I'm a maid down the street, and uh, I'm a believer. Uh, The people I work for are Hindus, and uh, they've been asking a lot of questions about... uh, spiritual things. And because I'm a believer, I share with them. And finally, they said, you know, we don't want to hear from you anymore all the time, every day, talking about Jesus. Let's just set a time. How about Wednesday evening? Okay? You've got one hour. <laughs> Tell us about what you believe. And she said, so the last few weeks, she said, I've been leading them in a Bible study. Uh, he said, the man of the house is a Bollywood producer. Uh, the wife is a professor at the university uh, and is a poet and has written several books. And she said, now I have to go back to my village, and I need a substitute. Can you fill in for me? The lady said, wow, I didn't know when I was ever going to use the M28 course. (laughs) And now I can fill in for someone. (laughs) And that launched several groups in Bollywood, (laughs) uh, Bible study groups. Why? Because people need the Lord. People need the Lord. We have over 3,000 Muslim students right now that responded to our websites. And here's basically what they said. We don't want to follow our religion anymore. We want to follow Jesus. Disciple us. That's exactly what they said. 3,000 plus. There is salvation in none other. And people are realizing their deep spiritual need as times get worse all around the globe. Salvation is still the biggest need, even as 80% of the world now continues to close to conventional cross-cultural missions. China continues to control the internet and persecute Christians in many parts of China. India just canceled 9,000 NGOs and missions agencies. Dramatic stories, some of them. Young couple going home last summer to see grandma with their kids, missionaries in India. When they reached the counter, they were planning to come back after summer holidays to continue their work in India. Their passport was stamped. No entry. All entry denied. Now think about how traumatic that was. For two little kids, they'll never see their friends or they're home again, choices, either they cannot stay, and if they leave, they cannot come back. Well, that continues to happen in many parts of the world. 
In the book Mission Drift, it talks about the fact that it's easy to lose perspective of why we exist as Christian organizations and churches. Because the primary reason we all exist is to exalt Jesus Christ as the only way, truth, and the life. That's it. Everything else is secondary. I was speaking in Seattle in November at a breakfast. Didn't know who exactly was there, and someone invited me while I was there to speak at a breakfast. There were about 30 to 40 people there at the breakfast. There were a couple of university presidents and a few others in there. And when I was done sharing about what God is doing, especially with M28, a couple of them came up to me and said, we desperately need this. We have leadership in Myanmar, which just opened up, in Indonesia, which is the largest Muslim nation in the world, and Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. And they said, you know what? Our main challenge is we are not leading people to Christ. Help us. That's when they took the M28 course soon after that. What's really important? Yes, service, the importance of salvation, that people need the Lord. All of us, thirdly, have a level of significance. Jesus said we are more valuable than birds and lilies and flowers. All of us have a value in God's eyes to share instruments that can share the good news with joy. I was in Singapore a few months ago and met with one of our international students. And he said, uh, uh, I said, how is it going? He said, well, he said, I'm now the president advisor for defense to the president of Singapore. I said, oh, wonderful. How is it going? <laughs> he said, well, he said, every time I go to Beijing and I just came back from Beijing, he said, the Chinese generals insist that I take an anti-stand against Israel and the U.S., that I would, I'm to advise my president in Singapore to do that. He said, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he said, as long as I'm the advisor for defense to the president of Singapore, I am not going to suggest to him to take an anti-Israel stand or an anti-American stand. He said, I'm a student in, in the U.S. <laughs> he said, I was an international student. They were disciple by your staff <laughs> and led to Christ and encouraged and built up. See, God had strategically placed him there. And we have many such people. That's why when you minister to international students, you really don't know who you're ministering to. <laughs> if you look at the long-term runway of the level of influence they could have in a world like ours today. Our staff was in Beijing last summer uh, doing the M28 seminar. And almost to the last minute, we didn't know uh, that we were going to have a seminar uh, because uh, they were looking for a place uh, to have a seminar that was pretty secluded and uh, uh, nobody would interfere. Uh, no governmental authorities would interfere with them. And they finally found a place. And when the, our staff arrived, uh, they got a message that they were to drive in a taxi for about an hour and a half and uh, end up in the location where they were going to spend three days uh, in the M28 seminar. When they arrived, they realized several interesting things. 
66 Chinese leaders came from all parts of China. I mean, you talk about a divine orchestration. 66 key returnees showed up for the M28 seminar. And the leader of the group was in charge of 27,000 buses in the city of Beijing. Now, how busy could that guy be that he had time to pull off a seminar and stay there for three days? One of the staff fell ill. And uh, if you think uh, the healthcare lines are long here, think about China, okay? 1.2 billion people, Beijing, <laughs> millions of people there. And our attorney just picked up the phone, doctor, doctor in the hospital, took our staff right in, had them treated, they left on the plane the next day as scheduled. See, all of us are significant, and we have a significant role as part of God's assignment to us. While they were in Beijing, uh, one of the students said, you know, the government is trying to recruit us for a project. Staff said, what project? They said, they would like to know the answer to a question. How come 300,000 Chinese students that return after the education in the U.S., particularly in other countries, come back to Beijing, and 10% of them, 30,000 of them, return as Christian believers. We have no comment on that, of course. God is at work, because there are significant people, volunteers, staff, churches, that reach them and serve them at the point of their need and lead them to Christ. A student from Kenya came uh, to the U.S. and he had a hard time fitting in and doing international student ministry work here. And finally, he said, you know, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to do some work there. And we said, oh, wonderful, that's great. Uh, That's what our returnees are supposed to do, (laughs) is go back home and uh, take the gospel with them. And he took the M28 course, and he's an excellent teacher anyway. He took the M28 course and and worked with it for a while. And uh, he said, well, he said, a door just opened up for me to be on radio in Kenya. And he said, I'd like to test it on there. I said, sure, you can test M28 on radio if you want. I said, but we've never done it before. And I said, how large is the audience? He said, I'm not, not exactly sure, but somewhere between 3 million and 13 million. I mean, you talk about an opportunity, a significant opportunity from the Lord himself. When you share good news, expect challenges. We may need to switch from prayer to intercessory prayer. You know, we have 2,000 prayer partners, but I only have nine intercessors. That's it. These are people who get up in the morning. My name, Susan's name, is in their Bibles. In the front of their Bibles on a note. Uh, And they pray between one and three times a day for us and for the ministry of ISI. Continually pleading for God, the Lord of the harvest, that he help us, help us (laughs) with wisdom and anointing 
and the right words for every situation. Recently, I encouraged our leadership. I said, it's wonderful to have all these prayer partners. In fact, there was a note on Twitter. It says, breaking news on Twitter. One Christian said to another, I'll pray for you. And they actually did that. (laughs) You'll have challenges. And I challenge you as you move forward to consider getting some intercessors. It could be two people, three people that commit to praying for you every day that the Lord will use you to fulfill your assignment here in this world. We will have struggles along the way. Met a couple in India who came from Iran and they were took the M28 course. There were students in India and uh, finished their master's degree in computer sciences from one of the elite schools that provides that. And uh, just happened to hear about the M28 course. And uh, uh, because of their last name, which was Muslim, uh, the coordinators of the course kept emailing me and calling me and said, do you think we should let them into the course? We don't even know who they are. <laughs> you know? And so I thought about it for a moment and said, Ah, that's okay. I said, just let them come if they want to come to the course. That's okay. Um, I know you can only use the gift of martyrdom once, but that's okay. They can come to the course, you know. So they came to the course, and they sat through three days, and, and they were very attentive. They asked a lot of questions and said, you know, this is exactly what we need. Because when we came as international students, somebody met us at the bus stop one day, befriended us, led us to Christ. And now we're getting ready to go back to Iran. I said, can we pray for you at the end of the course? And they said, sure. I said, what, what do you do when you go back to Iran? What's your specialty? And this is when I was wondering where Pastor Brian was. I said, computer hacking. And how do you pray for someone who's a computer hacker? I don't know. <laughs> But you know, we prayed for them that God would bless them, and God would show them His ways, that they would do the right thing. And the last we heard a few months ago, you know, they were still struggling in their faith, but he had found a good job, uh, and I don't think he's hacking right now. But the most important thing is, he came to know Jesus, and despite his challenges and struggles, he is slowly but surely dis- being discipled, following Jesus and influencing others for Christ. But greater than the significance of who we are is the significance of why we do it. Because Jesus said, even a cup of cold water, we're called to do everything we can to exalt Jesus. Because people are important to God. That's why. God sees the whole picture of your life and your future. Recently, a granddaughter celebrated her 10th birthday. Her parents told her, you know, you need to give gifts to everybody on your 10th birthday. This is a new policy, I guess, for their family. You know, I guess some families do that. You know, if it's your birthday, you give gifts to others. You know. So she gave me this map of the world. It looked like a map of the world, uh, drawn with crayons. And it's a cute little thing in a frame, and it's very nice, and I put it on my desk. And, and then I told our daughter, I noticed that this is, there's only half a map. It doesn't, 
I said, where's the rest of the world? <laughs> she said, Dad, look on the other side. Maybe it's there. Actually, there was nothing. The map ended, you know, uh, about Africa. So there was no India or Japan, anything. And it reminded me about the fact that we never can really see the whole picture, can we? Only God sees the whole picture. And we are called to follow him daily and closely as possible to fulfill our assignment. To fulfill our assignment. For a couple of years, my father-in-law lived with us as he was getting ready to go on to his eternal reward. And one day I walked into his room. He was in hospice. And uh, I said, I'm going on a trip. And uh, he said, another trip? He said, are you going to get a real job one of these days? (laughs) All of us have a real job. Really, we do. The job is sharing the good news with joy in whatever way we can. We at ISI have been blessed beyond our imagination in terms of response to the gospel. And recently somebody said, do you ever shout hallelujah? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I probably do at times. But I said, most often I'm actually speechless. I'm speechless at the great things that God is doing. And I believe you will be too as you step out in faith to fulfill God's assignment for you. We shared three scriptures earlier. And as I close, declaration number one, Matthew 24, 14, speaks of authority, speaks of the authority of Jesus. Jesus said that the gospel will be preached unto all nations. Then shall the end come. And the question is, are you aware of the advancement of the Great Commission? It's easy to be aware of all the bad news, but are you aware? Do you keep in touch and encourage yourself as you hear about the advancement of the Great Commission in a mission conference such as this, provide such an opportunity? Declaration number two is Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Have you accepted your assignment as the light and the salt? Declaration number three we shared was from Daniel 12. Are you reaching out to others in this age for information and travel and leading them to righteousness? We may be flawed and finite, but you know what? I'm reminded over and over again that we serve a great and mighty God. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. And as we accept the assignment that he has contributed or given to us, he will help us. He will help us. In Revelation, we see a great crowd, a number too many to count from every tribe and nation. You and I are called to contribute to that crowd in our own way. It will bring you joy. It will bring the people you share with joy. And the angels in heaven will rejoice as well. That's what it's all about. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus.
the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God.